Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 128, Milton's Secret from 2016. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by Jerry West, The Alchemy of Memory. Jerry West, The Alchemy of Memory is the long-awaited, richly deserved retrospective of one of Santa Fe and New Mexico's most prominent artists. Shout out, Jerry West. Well, shout out, Jerry West, and also shout out to Haley Gerbys, who picked this pick for sponsoring this episode, our patron mm-hmm. pick, one of her two this lap. But Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last spoke? I took your advice, mm-hmm. and I started watching um, Joe Perro Talks With Me. Talks With You, Talks. yep. Mm-hmm. And yes, you are 100% right. It's like heartwarming and soft, and it like makes me laugh, and it's weird. We watched an episode last night, we both cried about it, like it's... It's, and they're all 11-minute episodes. It's just wonderful and, and awesome. Yeah, so there's like one in the, in the first season, one in the second season that's like double length. There's a couple that are long, but yeah, they're just short, digestible things. They're great. Yeah, I can't watch like a whole bunch of them in a row, even for them being so short. So here's what I found. So the first season I watched, no, I probably watched more than that. I watched like four or five, three times. But then season two, so like season one is more kind of like, like there's a little bit of continuity, but everything's kind of standalone. Season yeah. two is more of an arc and I that I watched in like almost one big long sitting like I think I watched the first two or three and then I watched like the rest like the the next eight in a row and it has season two has the like I don't know how to describe it other than like the most wholesome story arc in a season ever like there's like this very very (laughs) small thing that happens that you like basically check in on every episode and it's just wonderful Uh, but I'm glad you guys are watching it and liking it and you know whether you do one a day or all 11 a day i'm just glad that you guys are watching watching it yeah it's super enjoyable man it is i I, like i've I've been doing like two at a time and like i can even do it like twice a day but it's like two at a time is good it always feels like when i was watching the office there's that episode like there's a few episodes of the office that like like make me sad for a character like the one where kevin like drops the chili everywhere right like he spends like the whole thing describing like how he puts all this effort into making chili and then he walks in and drops it i feel so bad for that character in that moment like i hate seeing like bad things happen and this kind of gives me the same feeling but it's also more wholesome like there's always like some good that comes out of it like it's never like a joke at his expense or like like it might be but at the end it's not like he gets hurt by it right like he would be the butt of a joke on any other show but in this world it's basically saying if you're kind to the world, the world would be kind to you. And there are people yeah. who are like a little bit like tease him, but it doesn't really matter. Like it doesn't phase him, and he just kind of like he just shrugs exactly. it off. It's, it's weird, but wonderful. Like there is people that tease him, but like he could get like bullied in this show, but he really doesn't. And because he's a nice guy, he like makes friends, and like he just it's so sweet yeah it's it's awesome it makes me really happy it like makes me smile just thinking about it so and i really don't know who wouldn't like the show other than what i said last exactly. time is if you just don't like the way that he speaks right like if you're if you're like he's weird i don't like it but other than that i just it's it's really for everyone it's literally for everyone like the it's like everyone like small children to like old people like everyone and like me right like we have like weird tastes but like it still makes me laugh so yeah he said something in like one there was like an episode where he was like doing breakfast and he's like there's two things you need to know about ordering breakfast how hungry you are 
and what you like to eat, and I just, like, lost it. Then you might like, my favorite episode in season two is early-ish on, it's, he, uh, Joe Power brings you to the grocery, Joe Power takes you to the grocery store, something like, something about the grocery store, and it's just, he, he just brings you shopping, and it's 11 <laughs> minutes of him at the grocery store, and it's just, it's so, I, I don't want to spoil any jokes or anything from that, but it's, it's yeah. just wonderful, but yeah, I'm glad you guys are liking it. I, yeah, I really like it. Like, again, I didn't think you wouldn't, because I don't know who would, but I also exactly. didn't know, right, so... Yeah, 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 because it is kind of weird, like, it's something that, like, I'd recommend to people, but, like, I wouldn't be pressury about watching it, right? Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, you need to watch this immediately. Anything else that you've been up to since, you know, in the last couple of days? No, watching football, we were just talking before we started recording, I watched the Thursday night game, that's cool, and I'm getting ready for tomorrow's game, that's about it, watching sports, hanging out. I, um, have been playing a ton of Spelunky, which, obviously, I've still not beaten it yet, but I'm getting better, which is good, that's the important thing. I also, like, I I was saying in the first game there's like a way to beat it and there's a way to beat it the real way and my friend and I are not googling things and just trying to figure it out but there's so much that we just straight up don't know yeah even if we got to like a point where you could beat it like the real way like we're just probably gonna get stuck because like we don't know how to do what we need to do like there's certain things we're like okay <laughs> we understand from the first game you probably have to do this but we don't know how certain things interact and like I don't know it's again eating up Every waking hour, essentially, you know, whenever I'm awesome. not doing things, I'm just doing that, which is great. And the other thing I wanted to give an update on is fantasy baseball update. We are now five plus days in, and mm-hmm. I am, I would say, a slight favorite right now. Ooh, I'm, I'm looking at it more like as a series of like 14 mini matchups, like one day matchups, and I think it hasn't been decisive in each one, but I think I've probably won each of the first five. Okay. One of my guys last night had three home runs, which was very exciting. Um, awesome. In a seven-inning game, it was a doubleheader, and in a seven-inning game, he had a three-home run game, and he flied out another time, so I don't Jesus. know if that was close to a fourth or not, but uh, yeah, so we have another nine days, but yeah, I'm, I'm feeling so by good. by like but the end of the week. Yeah. I'm also feeling good cool. because the Yankees are on a nine-game win streak. That's fun. Yeah. When your team's winning, it's always a good time. Including, so. like I was telling you on Facebook, like, I know you don't really care, but I'm just like, I got to tell somebody. No. The Yankees, yeah. they won 20 to six, I want to say like 12 three or something and then like 10 seven scores. like it, they just they yeah. set major league records for most home runs in a game in an inning in three game awesome. stretch like it just it was amazing to watch like they went back to back to back on three pitches and then they got an out and then they went back to back like in five out of six home run five out of six batters in a row hit a home run and i was just like this is like why are you leaving this pitcher in like it's all this off the same pitcher too awesome. it's like guy what are yeah. you doing also true yeah just wonderful. I also do want to say, uh, unrelated to this, but related to the show, we are now on Amazon. Um, Amazon rolled out a podcast thing this past week, and oh, so yeah. if you want to listen on Amazon on your your Alexa device, your Echo device, um, you can say your wake word and then say listen to Too what Fast was, Too Forever, and it'll just was, fire it up. I was trying to explain this to Rachel. What was Nico and Kevo's name for... Oh, I have no idea. It's it, wasn't it like Shimona or something? It might have been, but yeah, it was something. I don't think that's what they actually call it. It's just what they refer to it, so it to not trigger it. I think. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Because because we don't have any of these things in our house, and I was like telling Rachel about when we were recording. Be- oh, you know why? Because all those new fucking Buick commercials. Have you seen these Buick commercials? No, but so commercials have like for the Super Bowl, they have somehow yeah. written into like the metadata, I don't know exactly the, the term, but like into a commercial where there's the wake word, like the A-L-E-X-A word or yep. OK Google or whatever, they have put something so that the device does not trigger. So like you can somehow put something like an audio signal so that the device picks it up and is like, OK, this is not actually a wake word. I mean, because it's always listening, right? But like more things than not don't do that. And so a lot of times things will just wake it up. And I'm like, no, stop, stop, stop. So the the new Buick commercial is like, hey, 
this car is an A-L-E-X-A. And he's like, no, it's a Buick. And, like, they argue back and forth because because they have, you know, Amazon mm-hmm. on the car. That, and then when I saw that, I thought of them, uh, Nico and Kevo, talking about it, and I was explaining it to Rachel. I'm glad I don't have any of these things listening to me. In my, I mean, I do, but I'm glad that I don't have any of these things that can respond to me in my house. That's nice. I mean, I mind. I don't mind it. I mean, we talked about it. You were... You don't want anybody to listen yeah. to you. I'm like, but they can listen to you through anything. Phone, yeah. computer, anyway. Refrigerator, yes. probably. TV. Yep. <laughs> Refrigerator, yep. Joe, we have a Patreon page here on the show, 2fast2forever.com. Shout out to you, Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, and Dan the Duke Hayden for supporting us at the $5 a month level or above. Thank you all so very much. Hey, guys. Thanks. We are inching toward the end of the lap. Still less than halfway there. But if you want to send in your picks for the next lap, the next three laps, they're all on there, too fast, twofer.com. We also have an email address, family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we got four emails, a couple quick ones, couple actually, they're all kind of quick. Jason okay. sent us a note. Hey, what's up? How are you doing? Hope all is well. Love your ride or die. So that was good to hear from Jason. Yeah, he sent in some news that for... we'll talk about in a little bit. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And he always keeps us updated. He gets he gets some good news ones to go into us. So I also yeah, put the episode, this episode, the back half on Patreon today as we're recording it because I edited it yesterday. And Haley commented on it just saying, you're welcome. I haven't seen it either. So I hope it was good. <laughs> I don't know if it's it good. Was. We'll talk about it. It's fun to watch. I'm glad we watched it. <laughs> you're right. It's not like, it's not like good but it was enjoyable yeah. and there's a difference between yes. those two things yes. so it's not bad but it's not good and you'll hear about it exactly break. and then we get two more emails from alex ellen and one a new thought and then one a follow-up to the thing from last time so first up shower thoughts yes shower but thoughts, first up alex. owen shaw is an idiot and i didn't think about this but he's very right so listen to okay. nico and kevo talk about gina carano's heel turn in six and i can't help but think what a stupid move it was to reveal that betrayal when they did. No one suspects her. She's still embedded with the DSS. Why reveal it now? You're still in a NATO base and your leverage is a baby? Come on. Why not keep that card in your back pocket? She had no role in getting you on that plane. All that work to get her undercover and you waste it? Some fucking mastermind. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, you're right. I've never thought about this either. I think Like, it's she could have rode this out forever. You need, like, movie things to happen, right? I think that's all that happens. Like, you need to just spoil it for the viewer, not because it's a good criminal plan. Because that whole moment is, will Letty go with him? He's talking to Letty, and you're like, oh, he's not talking to Letty. But I guess maybe they're trying to escape at that point, right? Because they're, like, getting Gina Carano so they can all kind of, like, take off. And they're suspecting that, like, the family won't catch them in the plane. Right. But I think, I mean, to, to Alex's point, like, Gina could still be with them. Like, Riley could still be with them and either... And, like, leave after. Escape or sabotage or whatever, right? So, yeah, I don't know. You're right. Yeah, she could, like, meet up with them later. It's not like she she could, like, finish out the job and be like, oh, that sucked. They got away. Cool. I'll see you guys later. And then just, like, go meet up with them, so... Yeah. And then Alex Very sends a follow-up sequels that we inherited. He says, I couldn't think of any for four, six, seven, eight. That's why I asked you guys. Because remember, I was oh. stumped and I was like, hey, you got to give us something. So he couldn't think of them either. I think that's the issue. I was trying to think as I edited and I still don't really have any good plans. So I don't know. No, I haven't come up with any yet either. But as I watch more new movies and stuff, I will eventually get to some that I'll be like, this is like definitely a sequel to this movie or vice versa. Yeah. I mean, I think what you need is a movie with a crew, and that's it. Yeah. Go from there, because it can't be, like, a single person, because it wouldn't make sense to have, like, a, a movie, a Fast and Furious movie, like, as a follow-up to, like, one man alone, one man versus the world or something, right? But if you have, like, the Italian job where there is a 
family, like SWAT, which we will talk about next episode. Yeah. I don't think that SWAT would necessarily lead itself, but it would not lead itself. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a found family, it's a crew, it's a gathering, it's a group. I think that SWAT would be a good prequel to a DSS Hobbs mm, yeah, spinoff. Okay. So Hobbs and Shaw is a sequel to this. Kind of, but I, I mean, if we had like a more of a standalone yeah. DSS Hobbs movie... It's one that we just, like, follow him and, like, Elena and, you know, the other guys that we don't really know their names and die immediately kind of in his crew. Alex also says that we went to a theater for Tenet but planned to be the late show on a Wednesday, so we were the only ones in the theater. I was pretty impressed, though, with the precautions the theater took, assigned seats. He says normally they don't have them. Every other row was blocked out, and when you selected your seats, it blocked out two seats on either side of your group. That's cool. I think, like, I want to see it. But I think the fact that nobody I know, except for one friend, like nobody I know in real life has seen it. So like, I don't, the people that I would normally talk to about it, I have, like, haven't seen it. And so, <laughs> so I'm not you're not peer pressure. pressured? Yes. I know a lot of people that I follow on Letterboxd have seen it and stuff, but there's always a lot of people that I follow on Letterboxd who have seen all sorts of things from like New York Film Fest or like Toronto or whatever, right? Like everything, yep. all these movies that I want to see that I can't for months or years, that's not new. But just if you had seen it or like the the guys in the Tub Talk thread or whatever, I would be like, oh, I, I really need to go man. see it. But the fact that really no one I talk to movies, no one I talk to about movies a lot has seen it. So it's kind of, you know, easy to push off or whatever things like bird box or you know any of these movies that come out on netflix like once all your friends see it you you kind of have to or it's going to get ruined right yep. so that's all the emails for today family at cageclub.me if you just want to send a quick note a longer it. note rankings say hi if you've not written in before family yeah. at cageclub.me joe on the streets we hinted at it earlier but jason's out of news you want to share the news that jason shared with us it's pretty Big Fast yep. and Furious news right now. Yeah. As you guys know, Netflix did Spy Racers, and Spy Racers Season 2 is coming out October 9th, I think. 9th? Yep. Jason tipped us off to that, and um, we're excited. We liked Spy Racers Season 1. I don't remember much of it. I'm going to have to probably revisit it, but it's, you know, the kids' animated version of Fast and Furious, so... I'm excited to see how uh, what they do in season two. And I'm glad that they made us. I didn't even know that they were making one. Did you? Nope. So it's kind of cool that they're continuing it too, right? I wonder if they're going to be, because in the first season, we only had Dom and Dom was like in a couple episodes. We had Tony Toretto, whatever. But like the only yes. main, the only person that we knew about before was Dom. And Dom was only in like maybe two episodes, like maybe the beginning and the end, right? Maybe one yes. time briefly in the middle. But I wonder if like, Letty will show up, or if, you know, Mia will show up, or something. Like, I feel like they could not make the show about them, but have kind of expand the world a Cameos. little bit after the success of the first movie, or success, the success, ostensibly, of the first series. Andy, when we talked to Andy about Crossroads, he really put it into a great perspective that, like, you can't have Dom be in every episode because then you wash out your new characters, yep. right? Like, nobody cares about anybody else you're adding so it's a very it's a very smart play and i like it and i think that yes you're right we sh we probably will have a cameo from like some other people in random episodes which is great hopefully but it works well and it lets you expand and add like new fun characters yeah and now that we know those characters then to your point we don't we, we won't necessarily wash them out if we bring people in because now we'll be like okay now that we know tony and his family i don't know their names i don't remember their names i forget their names but too. now yeah. that we know who they are kind of we can bring in other people and see, like, oh, how would they interact with the family instead of just, like, oh, look, there's a family and these are new kids that we don't really care about. Like, it could, yep. you know, it's a nice interplay. But, yeah, October 9th, we will be covering it. Uh, our goal right now is to have an episode come out a week after that comes out. So we will basically watch it the day it comes out, record about it the next day, and then a week later 
have the episode. So if you're interested in not having it spoiled, looking at you, Justin, and your son, who hates the first one, uh, <laughs> watch it. Yeah. You have about a week to watch it, I say. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. We were talking about it because we were talking about, like, scheduling and stuff. And I'm like, was there really any spoilers in Spy Racers? Like, there's not, right? Like, they, I think they mentioned Cypher once. Mmm... Even, like, movie reference, it was all, like, something about, to- it was kind of, like, Crossroads, but even, like, softer. It was, like, something about Tokyo, and, like, something about this, and, you- and you're like, oh, cool, those are, like, little nods, but they're not, like, that time that we did this job in this movie, and you're like, oh, no. Yeah, I don't remember. What's interesting and annoying, and we're trying to figure out how to do this, is that we're doing the first season again with Nico and Kevo, but not till, like, December, and so I don't really want to watch... <laughs> Spy season racers. one twice or season two twice <laughs> in the span of two months um, yeah yeah but we'll yeah. see we'll I... see netflix is pretty good about doing like that three minute recap like previously on spy racers like for the whole season though right so maybe they'll, do, they'll maybe they'll do one of those kind of catches up to yeah. speed also we could just like look back at the notes we took and be like all oh, right yeah okay i just i just pulled mine back up to like look through them there's no like spoilers there's just like lots of like crossover type situations okay cool from what i see any other news that you saw this week no that was it okay yeah, I don't think I saw anything else. I mean, again, like you said, big news. That's the biggest, yeah. I mean, you can't really beat that. Like, in a in a year with no Fast and Furious, new Fast and Furious is always welcomed, so. Yeah, we got the video game now. We got the uh, On a Budget, which is not really new Fast and Furious, but kind of. And we got new Spy yeah. Racers, so that's not bad. And a trailer, right? So, like, yeah. in a year where we were supposed to have a movie but didn't get a movie, we got a bunch of Fast and Furious, so, yeah. But, Joe, the Ana Lucia Cortez Leticia Ortiz lost for a minute episode The Long Con. This episode's called The Long Con. I'm watching the episode, and I got long conned. It got me. At what point in a long con should you start believing anything the person says? And the answer is never. Yeah, never, ever, ever. No, but I mean, like, also because, you know, this episode's a Sawyer episode, and it goes back, and and he's like, oh, like, she doesn't have any money, and then... So what he does is he's, like, pulling the con on this woman, and she, like, catches on to, like, the first, like, briefcase thing, right? And he's like, oh, like, that's how I do a con. And then he gets her, like, working with him. Yep. Oh, like, she's like, I want to do, like, the bi- like one big job, like, w- one last job. And he's like, okay, well, we need money for that. And she's like, well, I have that $600,000 that I lied to you about not having. Right. And he's like, okay, cool, well, we're going to need that. And he's like, that's called, like, a long con. And I'm like, yeah, he was long conning her the whole time. Like, he knew she had the money, right? And he, like, even explains it to her. He's like, you have to make them think, like, it's their idea. When they think it's their idea, then you got the long con. And, like, that's what you need. And, like, as he's telling her he needs her money, and she's offering the money to him. So I'm like, okay, she got long conned. Did you recognize either her or his partner? Um, I know what I know them from, and I don't know if they're what you would know them from. You might know them from, like, oh, that one order, that one episode of SVU that they were on. I don't know. But did you recognize either of them, or did neither of them look familiar? His kind of girlfriendy, partnery mm-hmm. person looked familiar, and the guy definitely did, but I don't know what I recognize him from. But you also get Kate's mom as the diner. Yes, waitress. which is very cool. His girlfriend is Kim Dickens, who was, I think, like the star... I stopped watching the show, but she, I think she was like the star, one of the stars of Fear the Walking Dead, the spinoff from The Walking Dead, like the prequel. Oh, um, nice. She was no, also I've never seen that, but on okay. Deadwood. She was in Gone Girl. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She's pretty known, but his partner means more, I guess, to me, because he's Kevin Dunn, who's one of the ensemble guys on Veep, which is now over, but like one of the people that worked for Selena Meyer, who worked for 
Julie Dreyfus. Oh, he's the dad in Transformers. Oh, yes. Also that, yes. Mr. Witwicky. That's exactly what I'm recognizing him from. Yeah, like, they've like, both been in a bunch of things, but they're not like, oh, I know that person by name. It's more like, oh, I remember her exactly. or him from everything. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. But yes. That is very cool. And this, I, I cut this out of the last episode, but I was, I thought this might be the episode where I was like, oh, there's another con that Sawyer pulls that's the same con, but it's a bigger con, a longer con. I cut that out of the last it's episode, this, yeah. so you didn't hear it, dear listener, but this was the episode I thought this was going to be. Yes. But yes, then on the island, there is a lot to do. Although Anna does not do a ton, this is kind of like an Anna-centric, in a way, episode. It is. They want to set up the army. Yep. Right? That's what we were talking about. That's what we were joking about. Hopefully that they just forget this idea. Jack and Anna are like, okay, we're going to set up this army. They go to get the code from Locke for, like, the gun mm-hmm. safe. And, you know, he gives it to Jack because he's like, look, like, you know, like, I trust you. But, like, we should have a mutual agreement here that, like, neither of us are going to go for the guns without, like, consulting each other about it. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Sun gets kidnapped or attempted kidnapping attempted kidnapping but she gets away and they like you know bonk her on the head because she was like planting shit and she just gets kidnapped in the garden but she also saw the dog by the way did you know the twist did you did you have any sense of what was coming because i I mean i remember like there's certain things i just remember i'm like oh right i remember this but do you remember did you did you think it was the others or do you think it was some kind of like because quickly in the episode sawyer's like i can spot a con from a mile away so like quickly but like when she gets kidnapped did you think it was the others or something else i didn't know until they started pinning it on letty and then i was like oh it was definitely someone that isn't the others but also it's not letty and like i said at the beginning i got long conned in the long con episode like i had no idea what was happening at the end of this episode you know what i mean like i didn't see any of this coming right because what this episode establishes is that it is in a sense jack and kate or no jack and Anna, who want to form the army, against Kate and Sawyer and Locke, who are like, maybe not. The wild card here is that Charlie was so embarrassed and so upset at Locke last episode for embarrassing him in the whole baby baptism thing that he wanted to make Locke look the fool. Like, they kept Sawyer in the hatch, and then Charlie tracked Locke to find the gun stash. Sawyer used Charlie's anger and rage and whatever to get the upper hand, become the sheriff. I'm the captain now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, the ultimate thing is that, like, they're trying to set up the thing. They're going back and forth. She gets kidnapped. They're like, we have to respond. They go to steal the guns. And Sawyer's like, you can't, like, let them steal the guns, man, and gets them to move them out. Sawyer gets the guns, and he's like, I'm the sheriff now. Like, I'm in charge, and I am the only one that has all the guns. And, like, you morons just walked right into my long con plan because you stole my medicine. He, like, is hoarding the painkillers for no reason. I get that you want to do this, but, like, there was all that heroin. Just, like, go do the heroin. We're, like, on a desert island. If it's, like, 20 days deep, we haven't been rescued, and I find a plane full of heroin, I'm going to try heroin. He's not hoarding the painkillers to, like, be a junkie. He just wants to... He He's the one who found them, and he's like, hey, I should be compensated for my time. Like, I took the initiative. Like, he's it's he's not going That's for the fine. greater good, but he's not, like, I'm going to become... I'm not getting addicted to opioids today. If you have an island, you're all st- trapped on this island. It's been 40 days now. The doctor's in charge of the medicine. Come on. You would like, think. You would hope. Yeah. Any reasonable person's like, okay, like... For the good of everyone, like, I know that I could hoard these painkillers, but really, like, the doctor should have them to use them if somebody gets hurt. Like, he should have access to all the medicines. 
he's the doctor, yeah. right? Like, yeah. instead of me just holding them for what God knows what reason, what is he going to do? Like, come and be like, hey, I need some of those painkillers. Like, this person's legs cut off, and you're like, no. Earlier, they, I mean, they had to negotiate with him, right? Like, they, you know, he wanted a kiss or whatever, right? Like, like Sawyer is not right here, but I can also, on the one hand, see kind of why he might have a grievance of some kind. You know what I mean? Like, he found, like, finders keepers. Yeah, I get it. But it, like, I mean any real person and like i'm saying like just go trade him the painkillers to hold like a bunch of heroin if you're like so stoked on holding stuff right like but i guess they have like no real value to anybody but charlie right either way if i was on the island and i found a bunch of heroin i'd start doing some heroin what are you gonna do you can't like if you run out of hair i mean there was a ton but if you run well, you out of through, it like, it's like violent withdrawals and then want to die okay but you're stuck on a fucking island with nobody coming to rescue you so you want to die anyways like what the fuck's the point like i wouldn't be like having a good time like some of these people look like they're a little too jolly on this island sometimes well that's the, that's what they're trying to challenge here they're saying that like everybody feels safe when they shouldn't be safe like i think the mindset and it's hard to really know because we're not really in that mindset but people think that they're not getting rescued but they're trying to make a life for themselves but they're not seeing the greater threat here in the others and jack and anna are like no there's like a viable threat out there yeah really messes up we need to be safe in a way not exactly but in a way what you're complaining about is kind of what they're trying to shake up in this episode yeah no i get it there's definitely real danger like there was boars and a polar bear that we don't see anymore but others and like all kinds of weird shit that can happen and like fucking mystical shit so like they should be nervous like you guys are just like doing laundry That's and the hanging other out thing is that we're seeing all of this but there's a good chance that of the 45 people or whatever, 30 of them don't know there's a smoke monster or polar bears. But you have Hurley, who everybody talks to, and is a blabbermouth. But does he know about so. the smoke monster? Does he know about the polar bears? I don't know. I guess maybe they keep, like, the good shit from him. He really just knows about, like, emotional things. Like, somebody's mad at someone. Yeah. And somebody's grumpy. Yeah, he's like the town newspaper, essentially. But I think they yes. know to not share the big secrets with him because he will tell everybody but we're seeing everything but really there's like a group of five or six people who have seen the shit right like it's jack and yeah. kate and Locke and mr. sawyer echo. and charlie maybe but not even really charlie i don't know like mr echo right like it's yeah it's a very tight-knit group of people who have who really know what the island could be and even when they come back and they're like hey there's a group of others who like might want to kill us they weren't there they don't know the actual, they might How think that Jack is trying was. to scare them or something, right? Not that they would be, but you never know. One thing I established in this episode is that Hurley isn't the main character, but he's the best character. Hurley's great. And I, I was just actually going to say one of the best lines in this is at the end, Saeed fixes the radio and they're listening to music and and, so, and Hurley's like, oh, it's got to be close, right? He's like, well, actually, you know, it could bounce off the sky and like it could be thousands yeah. of miles away. We don't know where it's coming from. And then Hurley goes or when and you're like oh shit like are they gonna do time travel he's like just kidding dude like just like no we're not <laughs> yeah i i really enjoyed that that's when i was like hurley is the best character yeah, hurley's great. not not the main character but the best character yeah couple letty things that i was hoping that letty was gonna be the double agent working for the others just because it would have been a very gina carano type mm. move mm -hmm. i don't know if you caught it but there was a shot like right before a commercial on the like beach and Letty's, like, watching from afar. You see, like, it, like, looks into, like, her eyes, Anna Lucia's eyes, and then, like, right behind her is Mr. Echo standing there with, like, his cross chain on, and I was like, this is, like, a very dumb Letty Ooh. moment. 
that you see like a just like a silver cross chain like right over her shoulder very very fast and furious but yeah other than me getting long conned that was a good episode and i'm excited to see where they keep going rachel was asking me too like yesterday you know this is the furthest you've ever gotten do you still like it and i was like yeah i actually think that it's a little bit better with time as much as it frustrates me that i can't like binge it and figure out what's happening pacing it out like this is really helpful to keep me intrigued. Well, I think that's right? the thing. Like, we've all been trained to be like, oh, today I'm watching... Like, you know, what we talked about earlier in this episode, like, we're going to watch Spy Racer Season 2 with the night it comes out. In that way, I think it's hard... Like, you can kind of remember what happens in general, but you have no idea the delineation between one episode to the next, and also you might not remember because, like, you're just watching four hours of things, you're not going to remember all four hours of things. But when you yep. watch 45 minutes, and even, you know, I know we're talking about it, and, like, it's it's baking into your brain a little bit more but even if you're not actively thinking about it you're thinking like oh yeah like i wonder what's going to happen next and just like putting that in and context. you digest it yeah you have time to like mentally digest it to like think on it just let your brain think through it and then when you get back into it you're like yeah i was thinking like what was going on there yep uh, two little quick notes about literature in this so Hurley's reading a manuscript, Bad Twin, by Gary Troop, who was a guy on a plane who died, but he left this manuscript behind. They they turned that into a book oh. that I read. The book's bad. Like, I don't remember it being good. Like, it's not about the island. It's just like, uh, like that's like it's the, ex- book. that's like the lost cinematic universe where just like, oh, this guy who you don't know wrote a screenplay or wrote a manuscript that's going to become a book, but the book is like, I think maybe it was like thematically something similar, but it's like, Oh no, like I just, I think I got it used at a book sale. So it's not like I paid 15 or 20 bucks for it. Like I paid $2 for it. But it's like, <laughs> and I, oh, no, still I don't, don't care. I don't need to read this. Like I, this is, yeah. like there's nothing here. It's not like there was a, there, uh, so there was a lost video game called Via Domus that came out for the 360. Uh, means Road Home. And that was kind of cool. Like it was essentially Crossroads Z where there's kind of cutscenes and you're on the island doing stuff. I don't remember at all. Like that felt like additive in a way. You're like, oh, this is about the characters I know. Yeah. This was just like, Oh, a person we don't know wrote about a thing that's kind of similar, but not really. It's like, what, what's the point of any of this? Other than a cash grab. Rachel pointed out that it was called Bad Twin, and I was thinking, you know what I thought when I heard that? What? Dangerous Cousins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From Arrested Development. Yes. Like, she pointed out because she thought that it was sounded like a Lifetime movie, and I just, but like, the first thing I thought was Dangerous Cousins. Yeah, I don't remember at all what it was about. I don't even know. I think I might have kept it for a while, because like, when I moved and moved and moved, like, the one thing, I should have probably gotten rid of movies or games or something, but the one thing I always, like, cut down on was books. I think I held on to it for a while, but then I think at some point I was just like, I'm never going to read this again. I didn't even like the first time. Like, I was exclusively keeping it because yep. it's from Lost, but not really. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not really it's not really from Lost, so yeah, I get it. The other thing I want to say is that Locke, the book that Locke is looking through when he's searching for whatever he's searching for is a story called The Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, which is written by, I believe, Ambrose Bierce, who I did a thing on, like a paper on, a whole study session seminar thing in AP English in high school. It's about a guy who's going to get hanged off a bridge, but then when okay. he's about to get hanged, I'm going to spoil this, but it's like 150 years old. And it's very famous. And I don't know if it thematically okay. ties in, but he's going to get hanged. And when he is about to get hanged, the rope snaps, he falls into the river and he escapes and he's like on the run or whatever. But you realize at the end of the story that he actually died. Like it, the hanging went as planned. And this was all just played out in his mind. It's thematically tied to our lap a little bit in terms of like the way that memory plays tricks on you. I don't remember yeah. how it ties in, if it ties in, or just kind of a cool, like, creepy sort of haunted story-ish sort of thing, like a famous one of those, but that's the thing that Locke is reading. I saw that in the IMDb trivia, and I was just like, oh, cool, okay, cool. That is cool, yeah. Our next episode is called One of Them, and I don't remember what this is about, but I think 
the mat or like the episode title might be about the others. Rachel seemed to to know what it was about, and she like immediately like turned off the description and stuff. Oh, okay. Was she right? Was it like a thing? One thing I do want to say is the last episode we watched, Fire Plus Water, was the first episode in the history of the show that was below an eight on IMDb. Like it's a seven three. Like it's like Ooh. people thought the worst episode of the series so far, the Charlie Baptism wow. one. The long con is back up to an eight seven, which is generally where they all live, and one of them is also eight point seven. It is. I'm not right, but it is an important thing. I don't remember like the specifics of this, but like you learn more about something that we don't really know a lot about. Cool. So that works for me. Next episode, one of them. But Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break is the Fast and Furious Minute. Minute 87, a minute I titled after a Rackon Tours song based on some uh, a line that Brian says to me. I called it Steady As She Goes. Great song, by the way. I'm keeping steady! In this minute, Brian climbs into the si- onto the side of the car. As Mia shifts over to take the wheel, he then jumps onto the truck and untangles Vince from the wire he's trapped in. The truck driver mm-hmm. reloads his shotgun and swerves to keep Mia on her toes. Brian throws Vince onto the car, then jumps himself as a shotgun blast rings out. Yes. And this, I feel like, is the first time in a while that we've had kind of like a perfect encapsulated minute where I'm just like, oh, it almost ends with the shotgun pointed at the camera and then we see Brian yes. jump. I'm like, that's a, that's a good solid, you know, self-contained little minute. It is. And, and there was some dialogue yeah. and it was, so it wasn't just grunting and car noises for a minute. I was, I was pleasantly surprised as well. Although here are all, here are all of Mia's lines. I got it. Okay. All right. I'm moving in. Go. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I mean, well, sexy lamppost, mm-hmm. right? But she's doing a thing here. She's actually, you know, she's contributing. They're giving her something to do, which is nice. Yes, they are. So, you know, we're back in the same places where, like, there's no really new cars or signs or anything. But I I wanted to dig a little bit, and I think I I did my due diligence here because I learned a lot about shotgun ammo. Okay, I was hoping you would because I made the note of, like, how many there are both on the floor I already planned on whatever, it. but I was like there's the there's like one thing in this minute that you could like investigate so I'm glad you found what it seems like the the shotgun ammo I I think I did I spent a lot of this morning yeah I like I planned on it and I told you I think we talked about it I was like I see him like loading it but I was like oh no I think we get a shot of the box at some point and um I think that this is Winchester double a shotgun ammo which the tagline for the product is the choice of champions i learned that double a is not like 
a size of ammo. It's not a gauge? It's, like the, it's not a gauge. Huh, okay. I think it's specifically, like, this branding of Winchester. Okay. Because, like, you know, like, like double odd mm-hmm. would be, like, like yeah, that's, like, size of the That's what block. I thought, because that's what I, when I saw that, that's what I assumed. That's too, what I no. thought. Okay. Upon doing my research today, I think the double A is just, like, the kind, because they make, like, Winchester double A and Winchester double X. Okay. And I think that those are, like, kind of similar to the names you know what I mean? It'd be like double lot, these kind of things. So it kind of like fits the theme, but these are like their branded names of um, product. Okay. I think it's this. It, it looks like it. The shells are red. Yep. Obviously, the box is like a little bit newer. I couldn't find a picture of an older box. It seems like this, right? Did you see the picture? All I see is red shotgun shells, but like it looks like it could be, and the box looks similar too. So I think so. I think this is like an updated version. And on the box in the truck, though, they tape over part of it. I don't know if that's like uh, he had taped the shell box shut or it's like a, to get rid of the branding right. because it's like kind of on one side, kind of not on the other. It looks like it says mission, but it's it's in a blurry spot. I definitely got the double A that's on the box and like the this similar logos on the box and I can't find another brand that makes it. I think to your point, like Winchester... They, I mean, every gun manufacturer and bullet manufacturer knows what their their things are used for, but it's it's harder to say, oh no, it's for like hunting game when like in a movie a guy is using it to try to murder people, right? Like it's self defense, which is yeah. whatever, but it's also like maybe we shouldn't have our brand associated with like trying to kill criminals or trying to kill people in general. Like it's like that's not necessarily a good look. Yeah, so I think that might be why they taped over. I think you have a, a point there. This is like known for its like tight grouping of shot okay. and we see like that one hole and you mentioned it last that minute too right you're like oh like he kind of like sh- he has a good aim and i was talking about how you know he can't really see and you were like he still hits the car yep. and like when you see the shot through his door it's like really i mean i get that he's close but even still it's like this specific brand of shotgun shells is meant to like hold tight and do that so i mean i do want to say in terms of the shotgun that brian is almost recklessly brave here because he doesn't he hasn't been close enough to the truck to know how many times the guy has shot how long it takes him to reload yeah he just sees vince in trouble and jumps on but he's on the other side of the door but a door that we've seen the shotgun blast rips through right so like if the guy's not reloading brian's dead yeah so that's not a very cop move I mean, I guess you see, like, somebody in trouble and you just go. I don't know. There's, you know, there's there's bigger fish to fry. There's bigger issues at play. But, like, Brian is screaming Vince and Mia. The name's Vince and Mia. So, like, <laughs> if it's not hard to figure out who this crew is, I mean, they're going to know when, you know, when Dom, when they call in the, the, the medevac for or whatever for, for Vince, like, they're going to know who it is. But, like, if they'd all gotten away... He's still yelling Vince and Mia, and, like, the truck driver would be like, yeah, you're saying Vince and Mia, I don't know. And like, oh, no, and associates, okay, this is Toretto, right? Like, it's, you know. Yeah, I think about that a lot. I, I don't think that in real-life practice, I, I think I use people's names very rarely. Yeah, that's like probably it, a movie thing. Like, I was just thinking about it when we were, just as you were saying that, and now that I'm thinking about it, like, we when I use names even here when we're recording, it's only to, like, address someone because we're not in the same room as them right yes exactly but like when i'm talking to someone i think i rarely use their name to address them yeah i think it's just a movie thing because it's like i think so too but you're right it's kind of reckless he's like vince mia yeah 
Mia Toretto over here. <laughs> Mia Toretto yeah. of 1327 blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know what the trivia question should be because I feel, again, limited things. Like, oh, big things are happening, but it's limited in what's actually happening, whatever. But do you have any sense of what a trivia question could be? Because can't, we can't ask about the... I mean, we could ask what color are the shotgun shells. I don't know if that's too small. Like, we can't ask like, if it's Ooh. Winchester because we don't even know. But, like... What else yeah. happened this minute that we could ask about? I like what color are the shotgun shells, because we've seen them multiple times, and we get two clips of them here, and they're red. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be like, what brand is the shotgun shells, because we're not even 100% sure. So we could say black, white, red, and yellow? Yellow. Yeah, yep. perfect. And the answer, of course, is red. Bonus yeah, points. That's... What is the gauge? Or not, not the gauge. The brand. Yeah. If somebody knows more about shotgun ammo and I'm wrong, let us know. But that's what I did in my research this morning, and that's all I could come up with. So it's it's more detail than I would have probably gotten myself, and it seems right. Again, I don't know I know nothing about guns, but it feels based on what we saw and what we found and whatever, it feels good. It it tracks. Yeah. I mean like I like I tried to do service by it, but I I'm just not sure if there's like something I'm completely missing because I'm not. I also don't own shotguns, so yeah. So 87 minutes, 98 questions. The Too Fast Too Forever quiz available at TooFastTooForever.com. Joe, let's take a break. Let us talk about Haley's pick, Milton's Secret. episode number 128 Milton's Secret. This episode is brought to you by Jerry West, The Alchemy of Memory book written by Rebecca Solnit. West's paintings explore the complex psychology of his dreams and the vividness of his memories mixed in with his experiences and perceptions being a child of a world scarred by wars and the atomic bomb. Well, shout out Jerry West, the memory the alchemy the alchemy of memory. Yeah, I, I, it's, it almost feels like you Googled memory alchemy and then just saw what came up, but uh, I'm glad that they reached out to us. Like, that's amazing. It fit the theme, yeah, you know. Like, these paintings feel very familiar, you know? And he's, like, one of the one of the most prominent artists of New Mexico, so we had to talk to him. Cool. Very, very cool. It does feel like I did Google alchemy memory, and that's what I got, though. You're right. Well, we are here to talk about Milton's Secret, which is Haley Gerby's first patron pick. We were going to do Finding Nemo earlier, but as we talked about last episode, that got delayed. We will get to that later this lap, but we are first at Milton's Secret. Off the bat, So also sponsored by Haley, by the way, because we gave the other sponsorship. So it was sponsored by the Alchemy of Memory and Haley. Remember last episode, I was like, it's on Hoopla. Like, since we recorded that episode, I don't know if Letterboxd <laughs> messed up and fixed itself, but it's on Amazon Prime now. So, like... Oh, sick. Nice. It's easy to get, easier than it was, which I thought I saw on Amazon Prime when I looked it up, because I was... At one point, I was just like, can we get this? And, yeah. But when I looked it up the other day when we recorded the Strange Days episode, it wasn't on Prime, or it wasn't showing on Prime through Letterboxd. But now it's there. So if you want to watch it, 87 minutes, Canadian 
kids movie kind of but not really kind of kind of so we've been watching a lot of intervention and like the interventions that they're playing were all shot in canada they all have kind of like the same ending that this movie had it's like brought to you by like the canadian broadcasting system or whatever you know what i mean i don't know what the official name of it is and i was just like wow dude i've been watching a lot of canadian shit lately so this movie's why was it shot in canada when this is the cast this is i have so many questions for you and since you know all the background stuff i I can't wait to talk about it i dug more for this movie than i feel like i have for almost any other movie because i'm like how did this happen same yep i mean question it i have questions i didn't dig but i have questions yeah almost no one has seen this movie on letterboxd when we get to that at the end it's made by people that i don't know so okay so one of the writers, Donald Martin, has a bunch of credits that seem to be Lifetime movies. Movies called Family Sins, An Old Ooh. Fashioned Christmas, The Craigslist Ooh. Killer, Operation I've seen The Christmas. Craigslist Killer. I've seen The Craigslist Killer, yeah. Another writer, Sarah B. Cooper, did the story by, that came up with the idea for the story for the first Tomb Raider, the first Angelina Jolie, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Oh, that's cool. And she was a producer on a season or two of House. But then, like, wow. has basically done nothing else that I've ever heard of. As a Canadian pr- production, maybe made for TV. I don't know. Kind of felt like it. Felt like it it's a little bit. It's based on a novel okay. by the author Eckhart Tolle from 2008. Okay. I was reading the wiki, and there was, like, the casting section or whatever. Okay. And it said Michelle Rodriguez joined the cast after the release of Fury 7, and it was cited... And I was like, oh, cool. And it was a Hollywood Reporter thing. And I clicked on that. I'm like, maybe I'll have a quote from her. Like, I can't wait to, like, work with this director that I always admired or whatever. But yeah. just like, she joined the production. And like, there's, like, five paragraphs that say nothing. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So then I was looking for images for the art for this episode. And one okay. of the images for Michelle Rodriguez, Milton's Secret, was a still from a YouTube clip that was talking about the movie. I was like, cool. Here we go. All right. Interview. And it's just yeah. her promoting the movie and saying, quote, being on a set where everybody's coming from a heart place, a heart place, I didn't meet one mean person on the set, and that's refreshing. I work on Hollywood films all the time. (laughs) Let me tell you, you run into people preoccupied with something else. Sometimes they'll yell at you. You won't get that sweet demeanor. Someone's frustrated. You get a lot of that in Hollywood movies, and I didn't get that once here. It's very refreshing. Definitely out of my comfort zone, I'll tell you that. And then she laughs, and it ends. And I'm like, Canadians. Oh, that didn't say anything. She she worked with Canadians. That that was the whole okay. The whole interview was and like that is damn. the extent of what I can find about why Michelle Rodriguez is in this movie or what this movie is. I don't know Haley how you heard of this movie. <gasps> Haley and I follow it? each other on Letterboxd. She has this marked as to watch. I don't know if she's seen it or not. Yeah. I don't know where it came from. We got Donald Sutherland. The only trivia, and I sent you this. The only trivia on IMDb is. Donald Sutherland replaced Peter Fonda. It's like, cool. <laughs> but that's also another, like, huge, huge, at one time, huge yeah. game, right? So, like... Well, I don't know, I, man. And I described this movie to you as basically Baby's first Lifetime movie, where it's the same kind of conflict and plots and resolution and interactions yes. that you see in a lot of movies, like the trash movies that you watch. I love it. But, yeah. like, done with a Canadian bent... At like no, they're all Canadian anyways. Speed. We talk, we, Brian and I talk about this. All the Lifetime movies and Hallmark movies are made in Canada or with Canadians. Oh, so that is yes. why this, okay. Yes. But yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. like 20%. Like it's just like a little bit of conflict that resolves, a little bit of meanness that resolves. Everything is, oh, it's, it's very so clearly yeah. Carter is getting bullied by his parents. So before we talk about the plot, what is Milton's secret? I don't remember. No, I mean, I don't know. They don't tell you Milton. No. I was hoping that they were leading you up to a point that Milton had, like, a hidden secret where, like, he watched Carter's 
stepdad get murdered or something. Carter like, his real dad get murdered. Is this and... the Carter Verone origin story? <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No, but I was, like, I was imagining that, like, he knew something deeper, right? And he does... The secret seems to be that, like, he's getting bullied and doesn't want anybody to know about it. I think maybe his secret is that everyone hates everyone, except for his grandpa, who just loves everyone. Who's, like, a hippie And his mom is now. like, that's not okay. Yeah, he... Well, he became a hippie, so... That's what like happened. The, the craziest thing in this movie is that his grandpa gets, so Donald Sutherland gets a phone call while they're at dinner. He's like, I'm not answering that. I'm, we're eating dinner. And the mom lets it ring and ring and ring, and she can't take it anymore. She answers it, and then she's like, oh, it's, it's blah, blah, blah. And then he walks away, and she's like, that was a woman. And then he comes back. He's like, oh, yeah, that's my, I think, my honey or whatever. Like, he calls her something. No, her name's Dusty, and he calls her his sweetheart. My sweetheart. Yeah. And she's like, you can't do this. You're a grandfather. I was like, what? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she, like, mentions, like, his his wife has died five years ago. Yeah, like, everything He's is above again. board. The dad starts out as, like, this huge shithead, right? Like, mm-hmm. her husband starts out as this huge shithead, and he's like, you gotta let it go, man. Like, he seems like he's pretty okay. Like, and he, like, hates the grandfather. <laughs> like, doesn't like him, doesn't hate him, but, like, you know, says he's, like, a crackpot, whatever. She only has one reason for saying this, and she's like, you have a pension, you're an old man, you're a mark. And it's like, that makes sense but like that comes 25 minutes in the movie after she's like you can't do this it's like well give me a reason why she says it afterwards but like to him at the table after she like gives him all the shit about it he says he met this this woman at zumba and like she's his zumba teacher but she's not like a 19 year old zumba teacher she's like an old lady that just does zumba like she's fine man it's very unlikely that he's a mark for this like 60 year old lady and if he is bless her because like I don't know how much longer she has to keep do- running this scam. She's not Sawyer, right? Like, she can't run this for, like, the next 40 years. Like, yeah, this man. is the end of the line, man. It is weird. So Milton is this... They're middle school. I don't I don't really... Like, I don't know, 6th, 7th, 8th grade? Grade Just 6. middle school Say grade 6, because we're talking about Canada. Sorry, grade 6. Grade 6. And Letty is his teacher, Ms. Ferguson. We were right when we guessed that. I mean, yeah. when you're credited as Ms. Ferguson, like, what are you going to be, really? He's in this class with his friend... Tim, formerly Timmy, but now he's a now he's Tim because Donald Sutherland yeah. quotes a Bible verse. Like when I'm when I get older, I put away childish things. It's like yeah, okay, but like he just grew up. Like that's why his name is Tim. Like he's a man now, right? He's twelve. So he's in class with Tim, and he's in class with Carter, and he's in class with this other the Carter's his next door neighbor, but also a bully, and then a girl, right? And the girl kind of has a crush on him, but is also just kind of weird. The girl has my favorite line in the movie, though. Go ahead, say it. Did you know rock music is the same beat as sexual intercourse? I know. She gives him an iPod that's playing Bolero, which is, if anybody has watched the TV show Legion, there's a great, great scene sequence to that. She's, do you know rock music is the same beat as sexual intercourse? And you know what I thought? What? This girl would love Cole's memories. Oh, oh, yes, she would. 128 beats per minute. 128 beats per minute. You connect to their heart rate and you really get her going. That's right. We are your friends. If anybody has not seen the Zac Efron classic. One of my favorite movies of all time. because It's It's why we did Zac Attack. It's literally the inspiration for Zac Attack. It's why we're doing this, in a way. (laughs) In a way. We are your friends inspired everything. And you have no idea how much fun that movie is for me. But I love Lifetime. I love this. So, yes. Okay. But his friend just, like, disappears. And she has a crush on him. She texts him once. And he's like, cool. Reads it. Doesn't respond. And then reads it again three days later. And is like, cool. Doesn't respond. Thinking of you, elephant emoji, which is funny because an elephant never forgets. And then he just keeps looking at it and just, nope, not going to respond. And like, 
I guess it's a show is internal anguish, but at the same time, I don't know. Archetypally, in movies, and this is not okay, but this is just how it happens, there is usually the magical Negro. And they've kind of cut down on that, but it's yes. like usually an old black man comes in, dispenses wisdom, yep. and then goes about his day and fixes the world. Donald Sutherland is playing a magical Negro in this. He is. He comes in and he just like fixes everything with love and then disappears, like, and yep. then literally leaves. It's like, that, that, what, what? Oh God, there's so much to talk about in this movie, like just like chaos. Another like side plot is that the main crux of the movie is the boys like to go, Timmy and Milton. Tim, please. Sorry, he's a man now, I forgot. Uh, Tim and Milton like to go dick around in this house because the mom's a real estate agent. So there's this like, you know, like essentially like a drug shack. And they go do alchemy in this fucking shack that's all wood. Because the other thing is that she is terrible at selling houses and she blames the market, but it just seems like she is stressed all the time because they have no money and the pressure's on. But he's, it seems like, because at the beginning, Tim's like, how do you hold these keys? And he's like, oh, it's my mom. She's a real estate agent. So it like, feels yep. like they go from house to house, wherever people aren't living, and they just like live Break in. Because they're kids. I, I would yep. do this. This makes sense. Like he's like, yeah. his his mom's like, the, key, the code is always like one, four, or he, or he sees her do it to go in and check on the house. And he's like, cool, I'm going to come back here. It's like on my way home from the library, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to dick around in this house. There's no, there's nobody there. There's no danger. Right. Like, yep. Unless you light 35 candles. Shout out Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You light 35 candles and have a Bunsen burner somehow and start playing alchemy on the floor of this all wooden, like plywood house. And I'm like, yeah. oh God. Like the first half, like the movie starts out, they go to this place. I'm like, this is going to end bad. There's so many fucking candles. Like what are these children doing in this all wooden shack with all these candles? By the way, it ends bad. The house burns down, but the mom's like, oh, you were just trying to help with money. He's like, yeah. She's like, okay, you're forgiven. It's like, what? Like that? That's it? <laughs> It's Canadian parents, man. You know, skip ahead a bunch. We'll get back to the middle parts. He goes in. They're doing alchemy. They're trying to turn metal into gold so that they can be rich and, like, help their mom and dad with, like, or their parents and just, like, improve yes. their, you know, you won the lottery. What are you buying? Like, the, the question that we ask every new, new guest, they're doing that. But, like, we're going to create gold and, like, let's just tinker with things yeah so they're trying to mix like earth fire wind water heart mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and make captain Planet. as one does <laughs> and make gold not captain planet so they're like you know mixing it all together and what is he doesn't he spray like hairspray at it or something what's what does he spray that causes like the big explosion oh i don't remember but yeah it like it he sprays they're, like an I mean, aerosol. freaking out. Like, I would be too. If you're in a place you're not supposed to be and, like, a fire begins, it's like, and you're oh, a no. you're a child. Yeah. At one point, they steal a bottle of wine because, like, okay, part of the background <laughs> of this movie is that the dad bought a case of wine from an auction and has been drinking it because he's an alcoholic and hates his life. But the mom said, I thought you bought this as an investment. This was supposed to be, you're yeah. supposed to sell it on eBay. And I'm like, that's not, what? That's you can't sell liquor online. Like you, Apparently like in Canada, you can. Part of the plot is that Milton owes his bully Carter money. And I'm like, is he stealing the wine to give to Carter and be like, we're even, right? This is no. this is what I thought he was doing, too. I thought he was giving, I thought he was going to try to go hawk the bottle of wine as a child to raise the $100 to pay off his bully who's extorting him. Nope. He just brings it for like part of a recipe. And then Tim's like, 
We're only young once. Like, let's drink it up. And then they're just guzzling this sick wine. We're being weirdly critical, but like, it's it's a fine movie. Like, it's a pleasant. It's movie. heartwarming. I'm, I enjoyed it because it's chaos. It was it was good. It, like, it's so wholesome. Like, there's really like even the confrontations that they have. Okay, so then so they go. They set the house on fire. It burns down. You already mentioned it. The mom is like, "Oh, you burnt the house down because you were trying to make money for us." And he's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Okay, it's fine. Let's go home." And then they all just have like a dance party. Like, Grandpa, Mom, Dad, and you just burn down a shed and fix your family. I, I looked at Rachel, I was like, if I could burn down a shed and fix my family, I would do it tomorrow. I have a shed in my backyard that's not doing anything. I'll set this fucker on fire right now. If I could just do that, and then everybody's happy and we're all good. What's funny is that they're so dysfunctional, and, like, at one point, he says to the dad, seriously, what's wrong with us? And then his dad's like, what's wrong? He's like, dad, this sucks. You, this, all of it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, he's 12. Just like, yeah. this sucks. Like, what are we doing? Which is a very kind of, like, progressive, like, oh, this kid gets that things are not right. But at one point, he's hanging on a wall, like a shelf in his room, his bedroom, to listen to his parents argue through the wall. The entire shelf rips off the wall, <laughs> and everything falls to the floor. And his parents are basically like, you okay, kid? All right, good. And, like, they don't even go to check on him. And you know what he does? He does stepbrothers. That was my toothbrush. It's okay. It's okay. We're fine. Don't worry about no power yeah, tools. I'm asleep. I'm good. No power tools. No power. Don't worry about it. We're okay. But it, like, yeah, he rips a shelf off the wall and like almost falls. <laughs> They're just like, okay, cool. Also, what we're not we're not saying is that as much as this family is like poor. They have this, like, sick-ass house, and, like, they're not doing bad. They're, like, having a struggle as, like, an upper-middle-class family because of the market. They're not, oh, no. like, a poor oh, no. family. If I live in their house, I would be like, oh, I'm set. Like, this is, I mean, they might be in swing of their ears in debt, but, like, they, they from the outside, have a nice life. Like, nobody's, like, out of work. Nobody's injured. Like, they have space. No, they just both suck at their jobs. They, yeah, they both are just, like, shitty at their jobs and not getting along. So, like, the whole thing is, like, they're and they're not, like, you know, like, the mom's not, like, out, like, I have to go, like, turn tricks tomorrow or like we're not gonna eat they're still like eating nice and like they have like a really nice kitchen and dining room like like they're it's not the end of the world for them yet that's exactly the kind of movie this is we're like yeah people have problems there's like menace in the suburbs i was thinking this is the real residence evil like <laughs> it's all the stuff that in the end at the end of 87 minutes everything is resolved it's like oh no grandpa who like not only like not not that this is more or less problematic than the magical negro but differently problematic there's another trope called the manic pixie dream girl do you know this we use manic pixie dream girl all the time we talk about it to each other all the time it originated in the av club yeah it originated in the av club and it's, it's essentially i don't want to say a variation on the magical negro but it's similar and i think it also applies zoe in way to donald Sub zoe deschanel but like yeah it's the cute manic girl who comes in and basically teaches a man how to love and how to live and how to just enjoy life. And so when they pick him up from the train station or the airport, the airport, because like he walks around the corner in like a, it looks like a music video where there's like fog and it's just like slow motion. Like, oh, okay. That's and you know what they're playing? They're playing Atlantis. Go get my fucking shine box. Oh. As he comes around the corner. Like it's, I see him come around the corner and I hear the song play. And I'm like, Rachel, go get my fucking shine box from, <laughs> from Goodfellas. And I was like, oh my God, they Billy Bats. He's about to beat his head in. That's pretty wild. Okay. So that's definitely a choice too. But yeah. then they go get food and like he pulls out like mushrooms or like tea leaves or just something it's tea. exotic. It's tea. It's tea. And like Milton's like, 
Grandpa, don't you do anything normally? And he says something like, normal living's for suckers. Like, he doesn't say that, but it's basically like, why, yeah. like, don't conform to reality, son. And then, like, an hour later, everybody's like, yeah, Grandpa's cool. It's like, wait, uh, like, but he just comes in and just does weird shit, and eventually, like, this is the way we should all be living. When I saw him acting like this, I was like, how much longer do I have before I can be this level of no fucks given old man? Like, I, like, started a countdown timer in my head. I was like, I think I have to get great. Like, I could probably start at 57. So, like, in 26 years I think that I could start acting like he does and like make my own tea at a diner buy a Harley <laughs> and drive it around with my new girlfriend Dusty and take pictures in front of Caesar's Palace like it, you have to get to the point in your life where nothing is expected of you I love it that's the, that's I dream of that day did you see like the tweet that I had the other day Rachel looked at me and she was like you're so much more useful than the cats and I was like yes that's yes, the yes. only level of aspiration I have like, for what myself. what you need to do, and I know that you don't want kids, but, like, you need to get to grandfather, right? Like, you need to skip parenting. Like That's, that's what, what I'm saying. That's yeah. exactly what I was saying when I was watching this movie. I was like, I need to skip parent and get to grandfather. Like, that's that's what I need. Somebody else needs to do, like, the parent part and, like, do that part. And I need to get to, like, the I can just spoil a young child when I'm old. That like, like I, everybody's like, you know, wacky uncle or whatever, but I feel like that's even a little bit different. Like, this is just like, I did the thing, like, uncle, like, you know, you're the uncle that's just like, I didn't have kids, whatever, but like, grandfather's like, no, I successfully raised children. Yep. I've proven to be effective in society, like, the way society views us. Yep. Now I'm just gonna, like, you know, make my own tea and bang Zumba instructors. It's like, Oh, yep. okay, yeah. Drive a Harley, go to Vegas. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, you need to, like, fast forward. Like, you need to have kids, raise them properly, have them have kids, raise them... I guess somewhat effectively. Yeah, and you could just come in and be like, and everybody's like, Grandpa, you're the coolest. And I'm like, I know, I'm out. Gotta go bang my Zumba instructor girlfriend. And I'm like, okay, cool. Everybody's like, peace. Did you remember your underwear? Nope, left them in the washer. You know I haven't worn the underwear since Vietnam. It's like, oh, Grandpa. Yeah, and also he's like a decorated war vet. So he's like supposed to be like super conservative, right? And he's like, no, man, I've killed men. <laughs> Milton asked at one point, he's like, have you killed a guy? And he was like, yes. I have. And like, yeah. And he's like, sorry, it was so good. I've seen some shit, man. Yeah, he's like, I've been in the shit to Milton, like, in the flower store. Because he's also building a garden the whole time. Sorry. Like, oh, I feel like Milton should oh. be losing his mind over everything everyone is doing. And his biggest worry in life is not his parents, like pending divorce seemingly but like the fact that carter is a bully well carter is threatening man and he's a little he's a little dick i just want to flick that kid that's his that's his biggest worry it's like the dog barking at him carter being a bully and he just goes and hangs out with grandpa and like builds his garden and listens to old music and then like finds himself and dances and yeah dances and then eventually they have a dance party at the end and everything's fine that's the other thing like the carter's parents are bullying him because they they're suck. fighting because yeah. the dad is a former I don't know if he's NFL player or no. college football athlete or he, someone, he but he had a knee school. injury. It was just high school? He, the grandfather only acknowledges he saw him play in high school. I missed that line, but I, I, I got the impression that like he was a thing because he's like, hey, do you want an autograph? And I was like, no. Was high school? This is big high school football star energy right here. So this is like Texas football high school energy, but in Canada. He was playing for like L L Los Providences or whatever. But any, no, I mean, like maybe he played in college, like, but he was like a high school football star. And then got a knee injury. Like, it seems like he never made the pros, right? 
that's what the thing is. And that and he just being a dick to this grandpa, like, do you want an autograph? I was also giving the benefit of the doubt that maybe he made the pros and like, you know, in his rookie year, like he was some like highly touted prospect that like had a knee injury and like just never like flamed out. Like whatever level he got to, it's clear that like he was supposed to do more and an injury held him back. And now yes. he's angry at the world yep. because he, his dream was not fulfilled. And because of that, he's just shitty to the world and shitty to his son. And then Carter was mean to Milton, but Milton's like, you're scared too, just like me. And then like, that's all they need. That's the resolution. Yeah. It seems like this is an 87 minute movie and there's a lot of tangents that we're going on, but this is all part of the story. So the other part of the story is that they're writing this speech for Parents' Day. Okay. They have to give a three minute Mm -hmm. speech for Parents' Day. And that's like the whole crux of like Milton's climax right like he needs to write this speech to get that but also carter needs to write one and carter's a bully and is also hates everything and his speech topic is why i hate everything well yeah because letty is like how about this no how about this no okay here's an idea it's why i hate everything he's like all right also they're allowed to use their phones to text in class all the time and letty does it like letty gets like grumpy about it but like she doesn't take them i made a note that i'm like it's got to be the most difficult thing in the world to be a teacher of like middle school Dude. students when they all have iphones and just don't listen to you i was thinking this too and like and to to like layer on top of that it has to be so hard to have children right now because bullying is like so textured and like layered right like they could take like videos and like post the video and laugh at the video of them bullying you on top of them already yeah, doing that it that was that was really fucked up that carter texts milton a video of him bullying milton it's like what yeah it's like bro like this is this is full extortion i mean it's already extortion that he's trying to get a hundred dollars from him the video of him bullying him and then posting it on facebook i was like come on man like do you know how bad it would be to like have a kid right now that's either bullying or awful getting bullied because you can get bullied like in school out of like at least like when you were younger like when we were younger like if you leave school like what are they going to do? You know, like once you're home, you're home. So you're like, this sucks. And you think about it, worry about it, whatever. But like, they can't like do anything to you at home. This is like, now you'd be like, see it. They can fuck with your friends. Like, oh God, it's crazy, man. So let's talk about Letty now that we are in the classroom. Yes. So she is Miss Ferguson. She starts off with like a fierce whistle to get the classes attention which i thought was kind of that's like by far though the most alpha thing that she does like mostly she just no what else oh oh wait there's another thing (laughs) like like, why is this happening why why are you doing this i yes like the second thing we see her do yes you can't even pretend like she doesn't do this because that was the highlight of letty in this movie for me for michelle in this movie for me because i wrote down that she's tough but fair kind but won't take shit dress really like the model i would imagine i haven't seen the movie but kind of i would imagine the michelle pfeiffer in that movie right where it's just like dangerous Hey, kids. No, in Dangerous Mind, she was a little bit more loosey-goosey. She was a little bit more, like, not straight edge. She was a little bit more like, I'm a cool teacher, and, like, I understand these kids. This seems to be, like, I will give you a little bit of rope, but, like, if you don't follow the rules, I'm going to make your life kind of hell. She's fair but rigid, right? Like, she's strict, but, like, she seems like she's okay. Like, you could come and tell her, like, hey, I'm getting bullied, or you, uh, and, like, she would also be like, where the fuck's your homework? You know? Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's fair. It's totally fair. She's a good teacher who also, for some reason... Yes. ...does pull-ups on the monkey bars during recess. In her teacher clothes. In front of students. And they cheer her on. I mean, rightfully so, but like... What? What? We've been talking about this so much, covering the slap. Them coding her mail, them making her say lines... 
you know, that we might not enjoy. Like, the dialogue might not be the best for her. And she comes in, she's a teacher, she's dressed, like, very teacherly, and I was like, oh, man, like, and she's, like, talking, she doesn't have, like, some weird, like, flex, and, like, she, they can't make her say anything stupid because she's a teacher. And then all of a sudden, they get her to do pull-ups in the schoolyard, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Why would they make her do that? I have no idea. Like, she's not a If she was a gym teacher, yes! I kind of get it, but she's either, like, a general, like, all subjects, or English, or history, Yeah, she's, like, six, speaking. grade six teacher. Yeah, and she's not even, like, the, the grade five teacher and the volleyball coach. Like, they don't even throw that in to where, like, she's, like, also sporty. You know, like, she's, like, with the volleyball team at recess or whatever. Like, this is how you do a pull-up. No, she's doing multiple pull-ups just herself. And then in the end, like, she kind of comes and goes a little bit. Like, the school is just... It seems like in this movie, the school is a place where... Milton can kind of escape the horrors of home. Like, it's not like things happen at the school. It's just like, I'm not at home, but then he gets bullied at school. But it feels like the school is just like another place for him to be that isn't dealing with his parents. Like, that's kind of what it feels like whenever he goes there. Yeah. And he gets to, like, hang out with his one friend or whatever. Like, they kind of bullshit in school. Is there anything else about Letty in particular? Oh, she quotes Socrates. Okay, so here's here's two things. I made a couple comparisons here. So yeah. obviously she's quoting Socrates thinking Socrates from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yep. Also, at the end of this movie, the big speech competition at Parents' Night, I don't know if this is a Canadian thing or oh just a thing God. for the movie, but oh it made God. me think of, like, at the end of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Sandy where before they give their whole, exactly, before they give the whole presentation where they have all the different people in history that they have brought to the modern day, like, talk about who they are, they do this thing in front of, like, a, a group for no reason, like, when it should just be, like, it feels... And I talked about this on High School Slumber Party when Brian just covered it with Mike and his friend Matt. It feels like this should not be this theatrical, but you need it no. for a movie, so it has to be bigger. Yes. But this should just be in the classroom, kids giving a yep. speech. But instead, they have all the teachers or all the parents come in, lights go in down. In the auditorium. And it's a big production. And I'm like, what? But it reminded me of Bill and Ted, especially with Socrates or Socrates on the mind, where at the end of that, they're giving these speeches in front of all the kids when that shouldn't be happening. Is this a Bill and Ted reference? I don't think it is, but maybe? No, it's definitely not. But it's just it's just like, yeah, they had to make it bigger for the movie than it was. But, but then, also, they have a confrontation. He and the bully have their final showdown in the bathroom, right? He Milton's in the bathroom, Carter's in the stall, and he hears Carter puking because he's nervous. Carter comes out, he's like, what the, what the fuck are you looking at? And he's like, you're just as scared as I am. And they have, like, the, that. that's it. That's the whole resolution of the bullying. And then Carter walks up. We were convinced that, like, the bully was about to smash the beaker that the grandfather gave him. Which looks from afar like a bong. Like, I was like, did he... Did he just give his grandson a bong on his 12th birthday? But no, it's just like a bong-sized beaker. It's a beaker, but he gave him a glass one, which is terrifying. We only use plastic. I have plastic ones because you can't drop it. He's a small child with very small hands. He gives him like a 500, a one liter beaker. Milton walks up. He's like, this is my speech. He goes, nah, fuck it. And just like folds the speech up, pushes it to the side of the thing and goes off the cuff, life-changing speech. Yeah. Like, wh- like, what? Honestly, I was very invested in the movie. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And, like, it's wholesome. It's, it's gentle. But it, it didn't, like, escape reality for me until I see this 12-year-old just, like, drop knowledge in front of, like, 100, 200 people. It kept it, kept it together. It didn't stutter. Had a train of thought. Had a, had a logic to it. It flowed. Somebody needs to yell at him and be like, this isn't how you go through life, bud. You can't just, like, half-ass all your speeches 
Because this is a bad lesson to teach this child. He's not preparing now. I also don't know why they're making fun of him. Just because, I guess, what? he's the kid that everybody picks on. But, like, Milton starts giving a speech, and, like, people in the audience are laughing. No, but he says something, like, kind of kind of weird to start but it. I got the impre- I got the impression that like it was one where the cards like the deck was stacked against him from the beginning that no matter what he said that's fair. unless he did this in movie movie fashion I, like, the kids aren't in the crowd the kids are behind the curtain like they're back with Letty like I think the crowd is just the parents. So the parents are laughing at him? That's what I thought, but I don't know why. No, I no, I think there was kids in the crowd. I think because I think it was parents' day for the whole school. So there's kids from other grades that are like in the crowd. You know, like it would be like okay, like grade five come up, grade four, six, seven, or you know three sits in the crowd. I mean, it would make more sense. I don't know, but they don't establish that. It's just like it's parents' night. It's like oh, what is? But what is parents' night? Like I was thinking. The only thing that we have like that here is like parent-teacher conferences where, you know, your parents in like September, October go and meet your teacher and like talk about how you're doing, right? But that's... Yes. You're not there. No, you're not there for those. I was like, okay, it's it's, it's a weird... Again, Canada or movie? I don't know. I don't know. One thing I wanted to go... I wanted to touch on when we were talking about Donald Sutherland. I was thinking, based on this movie, he could be Papa Shaw. I was thinking that too. He's 10 years older than Helen Mirren. He's 85, she's 75. He's not British, but he's Canadian, which is close. And and he kind of has that like that like old James Bond kind of feel to him. And he has the stark white hair that Helen Mirren has too. Yep. Like they look like a couple. I was thinking he could have been Dom's dad after he like came back. I've been rehabilitated. But Dom's dad's dead. We haven't seen a body. But you say like he came back like just he appeared for the first time yeah but he but like you know dom has this like vision of his dad like he was like a racer and stuff like that and he's like now i do zumba and drink tea that i make myself at a diner and stuff like that and he's like i'm a new man i feel like that's why it's more shaw because the tea element i like the shaw better but i was saying i was just thinking he was dom's dad i think casting dom's dad against type would be like what are you what are you doing like you can't have a hippie dad like because that's like i don't think that they would go for irony like it it would have to be like a a stallone oh stallone yeah it'd have to be someone like that or harrison ford like we were saying right like it has to be somebody who's like oh he's a man like only a man like stereotypically a man could have a kid like dom right like if you're like this hippie had dom like that like that feels like a different kind of movie like in like in the world that we're in you need to like lean into the stereotypes you're right. For you're better right. or worse. So I do like him as, as as Papa Shaw. He could probably do British. He could. He, could, he definitely could. Donald Sutherland says cats are Zen masters. Or like, okay. Yes, I like I've that. I've lived with many Zen masters and they're all cats. I was like, okay, that, that tracks. I did like that Milton and Grandpa were playing Plants for Zombies Garden Warfare on PS4. Because like a lot of movies, the TV was blurred, but I could see what game it was. But I they like either it, have like generic video game controllers or they're not play- like a generic game or something that like, it feels like there are just... Hollywood or Canadian video games for movies where it's not real games, but it was cool in a weird, like a very, very minor way that it felt authentic. Like that is a game that they would be playing together. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know what game it was, but I was, I'm glad that you brought it up because I was like, Oh, well this looks like a real game, but I was curious to what it was, but I couldn't recognize it myself because I don't play a lot of games. So it's cool. It's like plans for zombies. Do you know that? Like the old, like iPhone computer game? I remember that this existed, not that I ever played it, but I remember that it existed. So it was like a turn-based thing where it was almost like chess in a way, but like zombies versus plants. And like you had to kill the zombies. It wasn't turn-based. It was like kind of like, turret defense sort of like all those games like where the zombies would come at you like you would have time to build your defenses the zombies would come at you to make sure that the house survives 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. EA made these games Garden Warfare, which was essentially a shooter. You played as the, as the plants. Like, there was, like, the pea shooter, and you could be the pea shooter, whatever. There are a couple of those. So, I mean, kids play Call of Duty and stuff, but it's kind of like a, a, shirt, a shooter for kids, because it's cartoony, and it's plants I love that. shooting zombies. They should make so. more games shooters, but, like, plants versus zombies of, like, nonsensical things that, like, people can't get upset about, right? Like, yeah. if you shoot peas at a zombie, like, what the fuck does that matter? The only other note that I took was at the end when Letty is talking to the crowd, or, you know, when she's introducing the parents' night, she's like, I dare you all to silence your phones for an hour. Which is kind of like a funny, like, yeah. can you, are you guys like, are you, are you, are you, are you Man brave enough? enough? Are you strong enough to not look at your phones for one full hour so that you can like pay attention to these things that your kids have been working on so hard for so long? Like, <laughs> can you do this, please? I also thought it was pretty on brand for Letty to be like, no cell phones. As we talked about a couple episodes ago, when I was like, why did Han and Giselle get fake arrested to get a phone call? I guess maybe the whole family is anti-cell phone? Maybe? I mean, Brian and Mia have them, but like... Brian seems like he's like firmly cell phone. Ted is a cell phone. Hobbs is a cell phone. Hobbs is Hobbs is like a flip phone, though. It's not like a smartphone. Or he even like, he, like, he might has like a Nextel, like a push to talk that is also a cell phone. Yes. But like he's all Dom, about very anti... Vince... Very anti-cell phone. Yeah, the whole first movie, I think, aside from Brian and Mia, is anti-cell phone. Jesse probably had one. Jesse probably had, like, a razor. No, Jesse would have had, like, like a, a Palm Pilot that was also a phone. Ooh. Yeah. He would have had something, like, super interesting that you could have, like, he could have done car things on, on his phone. Any other thoughts about Milton's secret? Again, if you want to see Letty in a new... I think the important thing, it's Letty in a new type of role, a role that we have not seen her in a lot... I think that was interesting of it. It's not a bad movie. It's not a movie I that is made it. for... I loved it just because I like the Lifetime feel of it, and I like that it's just like also like a lost movie. Like, how did this movie not get any publicity at all? Not to incorrectly use this podcast title, because it would never be on here, but like literally, how did this get made? Like, why are yes. there yeah. two pretty big names from yeah. Hollywood in a movie where seemingly no one else has done anything that I've ever heard of, right? And, like, I dug for a while. I was like, oh, no. Like, no. Okay. The the woman, the mom in this movie is, like, from Lifetime movies or something. Like, we definitely recognized her. Oh, so she is... That's Mia Kirshner. She's from Not Another Not Teen that. Movie. She's from Party Monster, which I think is a kind of a cult movie. She's Canadian. Okay. Oh, she's best known for playing the L Word. I don't or know. She's in the L Word. The TV show, the Showtime show, the L Word. The call but it admission mo- scandal. TV movie. There you go. Bethany Slade. Yeah, she does a bunch of these. My problem was that I was looking at Letterbox from most popular to least popular. I should just scroll to the bottom and be like, oh, these are all Joe's movies. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm saying. I know her from these. And the dad is also Canadian, best known for playing somebody on Gilmore Girls. Ooh, Rachel didn't mention that. That's interesting. Any other thoughts about Milton's Secret? Do you want to watch a trailer? I'm surprised that there is a trailer, but we found a trailer. No, I'm, I want to watch the trailer to see what they pitch this movie as. I found it quite enjoyable. It was actually a really good pick. It's like right up my alley. So I don't know if Haley did it on purpose or not, but thank you. So this is Milton's Secret official trailer 1 2016 Donald Sutherland movie. This is from Movie Clips Indie, which is a new branch of the Movie Clips family. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> Same, yeah. All right. It's two minutes and eight seconds. Three, two, one, play. Okay. It's rated PG. That's good. Ready? Momentum Set. pictures. Now. And, like, the movie looks nice. I mean, it's not... I don't think it's hard to make a movie look Milton. nice anymore because the tech is, like, there. But, this like, yeah. it looks better than just, like, made-for-TV schlock, dad. kind of. Like, it doesn't look, like, soap opera. Like, it looks... You're right. It doesn't have the soap opera moves, yeah. 
Everybody's like, it's not like Hollywood, but it's not like, it doesn't enough? look like, oh god. Grandpa Howard there he is, Grandpa Howard. Milton Adams. Also, what do you think of Milton as the actor, like the kid who played Milton? He was cute, I thought that he could play more acting parts. I, besides putting the lollipop that he had in his mouth, in his pocket, with no wrapper, was very strange. <laughs> It's like that guy on uh, Hard Knocks this year who always just had the toothpick in his mouth. It's like, what are you doing, man? You're dead. Car is threatening him. There's Michelle. I was also surprised at how long it took Letty. I guess she was doing push pull ups, but like, he's, he's like, he's got Milton on the ground for like 30 seconds. Like, a crowd gathers around, and then finally she comes rushing over, right? Yeah. And he's and she was like right there. She was like like ten feet away. You are not a twenty-year-old man. Why are you always on his case? Why are you always on his case? He's sticking up for Grandpa. And now you're just. I mean, he's right. He is. He's a thousand. Both Grandpa and Milton. Cats don't worry about tomorrow or yesterday. Cats don't worry about tomorrow. That's true. Cats give no fucks. Now this is where this is where the movie clips indie comes in with the indie rock song and like the let your heart make title cards. What your mind can't figure out. sense of what your mind couldn't figure out. Breathe. And he helps them. They're not bullies anymore. They're friends. She brings more flowers. Okay, so the big reveal, you know that things on fire. Okay, so like you know before you go in that things are going to end poorly, which I guess you probably know anyway, but like yeah. Well, that feels like the whole movie. Like that. <laughs> that was it. I mean, well, I mean, based on our conversation, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. But plot-wise, that's the whole movie. Yeah. The letterbox game. <laughs> it almost feels stupid to say, but for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 636,000 people. I think it's up another 3,000 since last time. Okay. Okay. Basically, goes up like a thousand a day, essentially, which is Pretty crazy much. to think about, right? Yeah. Insane. Milton's Secret, but I will tell you, I don't know if you remember me saying the number the other day, but no one else in the world, which isn't a surprise given how few people have watched it, nobody has seen it since I gave you the number, except for me. Like, the number has gone up by one, and that one uh, is me. So Milton's Secret 2016, no, directed by Barnett Bain. Tagline, be here now. Starring Michelle Rodriguez, top build, Mia Kirshner, who is the wife, mom, Donald Sutherland, and David Sutcliffe has been seen by how many people? I'm going to go, like, 1,200. No, way lower. Way lower. 550. No, way lower. Lower than that. 157. Way lower. Lower than that. 62. That's it. Final guess. Uh, it is a number that is has a negative connotation now. 88. 88 people have seen Milton's Secret. <sighs> Average rating of 3.0. Most common rating, 2.0. Uh, no one has it in their top four, which no I don't think is really a surprise. But yeah. how many of those 88, when they marked it, did they say they liked it? Like, there is just, so when you log it, you put the date if you want, you put the number of stars you give it, you can write a review, and there's a little heart. You can say either you liked it or you didn't like it. I did not. Um, sorry. <laughs> but uh, how many of the 88, so it's at most 87, because I just said that I did not. Yeah. How many of those 88 people liked this movie? 16. Close, but you got to go lower. 12. Still. Ten? Ten people. Ten out of 88 marked. I mean, that's not a direct, like, for instance, like, Mad no. Max, an average rating of, like, over four, right? Like, a 4.2, and only 267,000 likes, right? Like, so it's, you know, 40% or whatever. So, like, it being that low is not really an indication, but, okay. It's low. So, yeah. because there's nobody in the top four, 
nobody has it in their top four. I had to look at people who gave it five stars, four and a half stars. And I found a guy, Kent Kirker, at Buckeye Boy B O I zero nine on Letterboxd. He stands with Clan Parent. Is that Wells? So is that Wells? Is he an Ohio State fan? Yeah, so he love, love, loves to watch movies, which is a complete understatement. So his top four are four huge movies, all from the 90s. No, wait, one is from 2000. But the other ones are all between 94 and 96. There's a 94, there's a 95, there's a 96, and there's a year 2001. So what is a movie that you were very proud to tell me that you had just shown Rachel, and I was like, oh, I hate that movie? Oh, Forrest Gump. Yep, his number one favorite movie of all time is Forrest Gump. Okay. His number two movie... Ooh, how would I get you to guess this? This is not going to help you, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. Okay. It was a lot of people's first, like, real introduction to him. They're like, oh, who is this? Because he got a small-ish role, but he's very memorable. And so people are like, oh, that guy is weird and cool. I want him in, I want to see him in more things. Dead Poet Society. No. Is he in that? He's not in that. Oh, sorry. Scent of a Woman. No. After that. But that's... Fuck. This is a, this is a much bigger movie than that. Like, huge, this is a huge... This is a blockbuster. Scent of a Woman won, like, an Oscar, dude. I, I'm saying scale in terms of, like... People saw it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Blockbuster disaster movie. Twister? Twister. I love Twister. That's such a great he, movie. He's a storm chaser. It's what we do. Yeah. I love uh, Twister. And then his third and fourth favorite movies both star the same dude who has been canceled. But canceled before canceling was cool. Like, this guy, like, got in trouble, like, before cancel culture really became a thing. But he's back now, and people are like, why is he back in movies now? Oh, interesting. Who's canceled before canceling? His number four movie is, like, one of, like, good. it's a really good movie, but it's also one of those movies that a lot of dudes are like, that's my favorite movie of all time. A lot of dudes say that? Yeah. Historical hmm. epic from the mid Oh, it's Braveheart, Mel Gibson. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and then the another Mel... Mel Gibson movie from the year 2000, which I have not seen, and it's not as big as Braveheart, but is another <sighs> big movie. What was the other big Mel Gibson one? I don't remember. Directed by Roland Emmerich. That helps. Thanks. Oh, also Heath Ledger. Logan Lerman from The Perks of Being a Wallflower. I've never seen this movie. What's this about? Oh, this is maybe another historical epic. After proving himself on the field... Yes, definitely another historical epic. After proving himself on the field of battle in the French and Indian War, this guy wants nothing more to do with such things, preferring the simple life of a farmer. But when his son enlists in the army to defend their new nation, America, against the British, this main guy, Benjamin, oh. reluctantly returns to his old life to protect his son. Fuck. Not Braveheart, but he's in the... Yes. Oh, fuck. What is it? I'm not sure. Go ahead. Say it. The Patriot. The Patriot. That's what it is. I can see, the, I can see him in the costume, but I couldn't think of the name of the movie. That makes sense. And this dude's other fifth favorite movie that is not on his page, but he says it up top, is The Mummy Returns with Brendan Fraser. So oh, nice. those are his five favorite movies of all time. So shout out to Buckeye Boy, Kent Kirker. Don't think cool. it's Wells. I don't think it's Wells. I don't but think if so it is, either. Because... Let me know, Wells. Also, why are you going by Kent Kirker? That's weird. Exactly. Too soon June. We know it. Too soon June. All right, Joe, next episode on Friday. It's on Showtime. I have a T-vote. SWAT, which I told you, I was showing you reviews because, like, all the top reviews on Letterboxd are like, oh my god, Colin Farrell is so hot in this movie, which, yeah, probably. Probably. It's just, like, hot Colin Farrell and hot Michelle Rodriguez in a movie where they're SWAT cops in from L.A., right? So, yeah. So, Friday, SWAT coming at you. More Michelle Rodriguez. Any other thoughts about Milton's Secret or anything else? Or do you want to 
close it up and come back next time for the aforementioned SWAT. I was pleasantly surprised with how much I enjoyed Milton's Secret. And it was even more fun. This is a a movie that if Haley did not recommend, I would never have watched because I didn't know it existed. Exactly. And it was even more fun talking about it with you and it felt felt very reminiscent of some of like the weird Zack Attack ones and I enjoyed that part of it. Yeah, this is like about as widespread as like Miracle Run or Derby Stallion. Derby Stallion. That's where we found Liam. It's like a coming-of-age movie. It's like a weird kind of Canadian, small-ish production, a movie that stars somebody who's like, why are they in this movie? I mean, back then, you know, Zach Efron was just nobody, right? But like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different thing, but it's also like, yeah. Like, I wonder, you know, if in 30 years there's going to be somebody doing a podcast about this kid and like, why was he in Milton's secret? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He seems, like he, could, he seems like he could be on a come-up. Like, he honestly was really good in the movie, so, like, I think that he could do more roles like this. Like, I was also seeing him as, like, a young, like, Mark Ruffalo, like the Hulk. Like, he could be, I think he could play a young version of a lot of actors in Hollywood. Probably in, like, could. Like, a, a bigger movie, right? So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, shout out to you, Haley, for giving us Milton's secret. Finding Nemo is coming, I will say, not for a while, probably in November, unless things go wrong again. But thank you for recommending Milton's Secret. That's a it's a movie that, again, when I was looking at the list of like just things she was in, I was like, don't know. Also, because I'm looking by popularity on Letterboxd, I'm like, this isn't anywhere. Like, 87, 88 people have seen it, right? So, like, yeah, I'm never going to know. Yeah, exactly. Definitely would have cool never seen her in a different role. Yeah. It was a fun, fun movie to watch that I never knew existed and wouldn't yeah. know existed for sure. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at Too Fast, Too Forever.com. Take the Fast and Furious quiz. Yeah, if you're a patron, check out the themed laps, the lap themes, and also check out the Fast and Furious Minute document. Go way too deep on way too many details about the first Fast and Furious movie. True. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you.